Hey guys, RoboVins here. Welcome to episode 113. Just so you know, something is messed up with my mic. I think the gain is too high. IDK, either way, it should be fixed by the next episode. Boop, bop, beep, boop. Kyle stole the cookies. Enjoy. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hi. Welcome Hello. to Atomic Radio Hour, post-nuclear podcast. I'm your host, Vince. And I'm your almost fall host, Olive. Um, how you been? What's new? <laughs> eh, school's kind of kicking my ass. Mm-hmm. And I'm not loving that. So I've been kind of, kind of having a rough week, actually. Yeah, yeah. That's that's basically the the gist of it. Just like not doing too hot personally, but I'm excited to be here for the show because this is one of my creative outlets that makes me very happy. Cool. Um, I'm tired. Oh yeah, I'm we're back sleep. to tired events. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude. Well, you you're, you're night shift, so like you must be exhausted all the time. I'm constantly tired. All the time. I gotcha. Always. Um, Chadwick Boseman died, dude, and I'm not even a Marvel guy, and I was actually pretty upset about it. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm upset, because he was a, a good actor, and he symbolized so much for the black community, and, like, having that superhero be there for, like, a whole generation of of youth that are people of color it's just like he symbolized so much and losing him at such a young age is just so tragic i think what's nuts is that he had cancer for four years and didn't tell a single person and good for him like yeah like i was having a conversation with somebody i was like oh come on i said if i had cancer nobody would know i would just go quietly into the night that's what my grandmother says really Mm, you know the one yeah yeah i wouldn't no one would know the only thing that would change, I'd start doing coke. And just rail on a boat? hookers. Yeah, oh my god. Because I'd be like, alright, fuck it. It's I a prerequisite to doing coke, because you got to be on a hot I, boat. You, you have to be on a boat. I'm not, <laughs> you I'm gotta. Not, I'm not going to be doing coke if I'm not on a boat. Um, yeah, no, I was just like, like reading things about him, and I didn't even know he was in the James Brown biopic. I didn't even know there was a James Brown biopic. I didn't um, even know that. So it was just like, oh wow here he's gone and it was just like they're just really Dang. sad like it, just it was like, shocking yeah like a lot of people i didn't i'm not i don't like marvel movies i thought black panther was a really boring movie and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that t'challa dies in the first 25 minutes but then he comes back and i couldn't tell he was going to come back because he the hero of the movie died 20 minutes in and michael <laughs> b jordan is such a shit actor that yeah, he's not that great. He's like hokey. he's hot, but he's not that great. It's just like, all right, dude, we get it, we get it. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much everything that's going on this week that I can think of. Um, yeah, honestly, not too much. I've just been busy and just tired. <laughs> but before we get into anything, we have some people that we have to thank. Yes, we do. We've got some lovely contributors on Patreon. 
that make this show possible. Our dues are coming up, and let me tell you, you guys have allowed us to have our dues fully paid up for the year, so you get another whole year of Atomic Radio Hour. Yes. So, I'm going to start with the one, the only, Noah. Noah, thank you. Next, we're going to thank Gage twice. Thank you, Gage twice. Once for the Patreon and a second time for the Discord, which allows us to do uh, a multitude of other things. Um, like, like cool I streaming. Last week, we're trying to do something, but we got to finish the last little bits of it. Uh, but we need Discord to do it. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Next up is Jordan with a Y. Jordan with a Y. Thank you, Jordan with a Y. Thank you, Jordan. Next up is Danny. Thank you, Danny. And last but certainly not least is Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for supporting the show. And now on with the content. But you want to get into this lore? I would love to get into this lore. You're doing a whole new lore series, right? Yeah. So, okay. On YouTube, somebody, and I wish I fucking had the name in front of me, but I don't, was asking about... If we could do a lore video on The Courier, and it made me think, what if I did a lore video on every single protagonist from every single Fallout game, and just kind of banged it out in one lore series, I guess? Um, Yeah. So, for episode 113, what a better piece of lore than the original dweller of one... Thir- of of Vault 13 uh, and I didn't do this on purpose it just happened to line up Yeah, uh, the Vault Dweller the protagonist from Fallout 1 the probably most important character in the series yeah um, I would say so and normally as you know I write all my notes down and this is one where I felt like I should just kind of read from the wiki um, so that's what I'm going to do. I get all my, my lore from fallout.fandom.com, and I'm going to read the lore right off of the wiki page, just because I feel like it's more it's the closest thing to kind of like a Bible, mm-hmm. kind of like a written testament of who the protagonist is. Um, it's very all-encompassing. Yeah. So I felt like for me to write it down is somewhat disingenuous, but like... You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. You don't have to justify it to me. No, I don't have to justify it to anybody. I'm just, you know, thinking out loud. Yeah. Don't fucking yeah me like that. (laughs) I'm not trying to mess with you, dude. I don't understand why you gotta talk to me like that. At least I'm not talking to you like you're... Wow. The Vault Dweller. The protagonist of Fallout 1. In a general sense, Vault Dweller is any person who has lived in one of the Vault Tech vaults. When capitalized as a plural noun, the Vault Dweller is, a, is the player character in Fallout, one of the most pivotal figures in Wasteland history. The Vault Dweller is most famous for defeating the Master and his super mutant army, helping Shady Sands grow into the New California Republic, and founding the small village of Arroyo, and fathering the elder of Arroyo, who would later bear the child that would become the chosen one. In-game, the player is free to create a character of either gender, age between 16 and 35, and focusing on any of the skills in-game, however, the subsequent games, and this article serves as a summarization of those canonical history facts and whatnot of 
the Vault Dweller. Again, getting all of my lore off of fallout.fandom.com. Uh, just some fun facts for you before we get into it. Depending on the perks that you you take, um, the Vault Dweller could be human, obviously. Cyborg, with the cyborg, which is optional. A Psyker, if you take the right perk. And a Super Mutant, but it is non-canon. Originally, the Vault Dweller was just one of hundreds of inhabitants of Vault 13. Born in 2141. In... In the... Creech? Right. Raised by the community of one... And one of the robot caretakers, he left an unremarkable life in the Vault. His history was changed, however, from the day that the water chip decided to give up the ghost and simply die. There was no spare parts possible for a workaround system, and with no better plan, the overseer, Jackerin, Jorserin, we never came to a conclusion on how to pronounce that name, uh, there's an entire lore video, I think about him, Gather, the overseer gathered everyone between the ages of 16 and 35 and made them draw straws. The dweller pulled the short one and was sent out to find the water chip. He left the very next day on December 5th of 2161. The vault dweller struggled for the first few days fighting off rats and the elements with the only location of Vault 15 to guide him. Uh... He struck out eastwards on his way. He happened upon a small settlement of Shady Sands. He aided them and earned their trust. Tandy and Aradesh helped him, sharing their knowledge after hiring Ian. Uh, Ian is the, the one person, um, the companion. That's the word I'm looking for. He's the companion that you can get there. He's okay, if I remember correctly. Um, the few times that I've played through Fallout 1, I remember getting him and being like, you're decent. You're all right. Yeah. Kind of um, like McCready. You're all right. Yeah. Uh, the Vault Dweller continued on to the Buried Vault, exploring the ruins. He realized that he would not that it would not help his people. The control room and the water chip were buried under tons of rock, and he moved on. After fighting and saving Tandy from the cons, uh, which this was to help, this actually helped pave, pave the way for the new California Republic, he took his his travels took him to Junktown. Uh, his memories of the town were being tainted forever as he learned the most important rule of the wasteland. Doing good times sometimes means being a very bad person. Yet he felt no remorse for his actions, and the city of traitors and traitors taught him many lessons. But it wasn't but it wasn't those that counted on him the most. It was Dogmeat, his loyal mutt, who would have been the most trusted friend for all the time that they were together. The Dweller continued to the hub, this being the largest city of New California. thats I don't like the way that's written. No? Because it's not New California yet. It's still California. Yeah, it's still just like that wasteland. Yeah, so, okay, the Dweller continued to hub, the largest city in what was formerly California, bigger than both Junktown and Shady Sands combined. It was the most prosperous place he'd seen outside of the vault, yet he felt this, that the citizens of the metropolis had no life, leading a desolate existence under the shadow of a powerful merchant, of powerful merchant companies. The same companies would help the Dweller, however, providing water to the vault for an extended to the vault and extending the deadline of finding the chip a clue acquired in the city led him to the city of necropolis an entire city comprised of ghouls there he fought the super mutants and learned of how he fought the super mutants 
and learned how it is to lose a friend, both for the first time. One of the mutants unleashed its flamethrower on Ian, burning him to death, and the memory of his burned flesh would be etched into his mind forever. However, Ian's sacrifice is not in vain. The Dweller found the water chip and returned to Vault 13. So I think it's neat that it's canonical that you have him as a companion. Yeah, I think that's really cute. I think it's kind of silly. <laughs> the happiness of his return was marred by the by the report he logged with the archives. The over, overseer ran calculations and determined that the mutation witnessed by the dweller at Necropolis were too regular to be a product of normal chance. He also he also condemned the dweller for sending water caravans to the vault, as in doing so he revealed the location of the settlers to the to the wasteland. Combined with his knowledge of the mutants, the overseer sent the dweller out again. This time, he was tasked with wiping out the super mutant threat. In hindsight, the situation should have made the Dweller realize the true nature of the Overseer and not the Dwellers. Nonetheless, he soldiered on, loyal to the vault. He picked up the trail heading, heading to the hub in process of unearthing clues. He discovered Decker and Shady and the shady underworld he led. Though he tried to manipulate the Dweller, the hero of the vault managed to turn the tables on him and use him instead. In the process, he also saved brother Jonathan from Decker's goons in the city, in the city's old town. I think this is the part that you and I got stuck on. Yeah. After leaving the town... No, it's not. He journeyed to the Brotherhood of Steel, figuring that they would... Yeah, we made it to the Brotherhood. Yeah. <laughs> figuring that they would have knowledge that he needed. He tried to join them, only to be sent on a fool's errand to the glow. Forced with the, uh, with the honor of the atomic devastation, he refused to break and recovered ancient Brotherhood disc. <laughs> so ancient by... Brotherhood disc. Yeah. Here is your MacGuffin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sought by its reclusive order. Shocked to see him returning alive and well, uh, they shared their knowledge and technology with him. Richard, the dweller, joined Richard, the dweller, journeyed to the glow, making a short stop at Necropolis. He thought to visit an old friend, but as soon as he entered the city, he realized something was wrong. The super mutants attacked the city shortly after he left. A single ghoul survivor r revealed that they were looking for the dweller right before. Before he died. Hmm. The ruins of Los Angeles stretch forever, skeletons and building, buildings baking in the hot desert sun. Within the city, he found many enemies and few friends, learning more about the nature of the super mutants and the true foes. On March 3rd of 2162, he entered the cathedral. Stealing the robes of one of the master's servants, he, he penetrated the depths beneath the, mo the monumental building. In the old vault, walking among the misshapen ones, he confronted the most terrifying sight yet, the master. He killed him in open combat. That's it. Yeah, he just did that. <laughs> All evidence of the master and his plans were incinerated shortly after in a nuclear fire. Only one target remained. The Vats. On April 20th... 2162, the Dweller invaded the Mariposa military base with support from the Brotherhood and Dogmeat. I love how the dog's here. <laughs> Fighting his way... The dog! Way. Where's the dog? 
Jones fighting his way to the heart of the facility through one of the force fields claimed the life of dog meat. The dweller managed to trigger the, trigger the self-destruct sequence and put the vats out of commission. With their destruction and the fall of the lieutenant, the unity was no more and he could return to one th- or he can return to vault 13 as a hero. On May 10th, he returned. The overseer met him outside the vault door thanking him for his service and exiling him forever all in the name of protecting the vault bitter and angry the dweller turned his back on 13 and never looked back a group of vault dwellers disgusted with the overseer's decision left led by lydia Teresa, and lyle uh, they were never heard from again leading the remaining dwellers to remove jorserin jackerin the overseer from power and abolish the position of overseer now, after all of that, he does leave the vault, and he is stricken with grief. The dwellers wandered the desert surrounding the vault. He screamed and cried, but it slowly came to terms that with his exile. He slowly came to terms with his exile, but never forgave the overseer for his betrayal. He cut all ties to the vault, removing his jumpsuit on May 12th and never wearing it again. However, his concerns quickly faded as he came upon a group of dwellers that had left Vault 13. He helped them survive in the harsh, in the harsh wastes, saving their lives in the process. On July 10th, same year, the dweller and his group, which were now comprised of vault dwellers and regular wastelanders, moved north. On July 10th, the dweller and his group, which is now comprised of both vault dwellers and regular wastelanders, moved north in the incasable canyons of, the, of southwest Oregon. They found they founded a village. The dweller deliberately chosen a location beyond the dry valleys surrounded by barren lands that would detour, detour visitors. Scouts were sent at first towards the old vault, but gradually they stopped favoring, strengthening the village. On August 18th, 2167, the village was completed and named Arroyo. The vault dweller, now the elder of a tribe, the vault dweller, now the elder of a tribe, taught his followers the basics of hunting, farming, and other skills. He also taught them the basics of engineering and science so that they could maintain their homes and craft more to survive. He also found love, Pat. Uh, on October 2nd of 2188, they were blessed with a daughter, the future village elder. 20 years later, on January 16th of 2208, the vault dweller left Arroyo. He left behind the vault suit, folded it on his bed, and his memoirs. Nothing tied him to the village anymore after Pat's death several years earlier. A monthly cycle oh. of mourning was declared, where his daughter prepared to take up the role as village elder. So there was like a monthly, like once a month, let's get together and cry. We should um, still do that. We should do that. Just, just meet up once a month. Well, dude, that's what I've been saying about um, Jewish people. Jewish people have the best, the best way to mourn people. They have sit and shiva where you just sit inside, I think for like a week with no television, no mirrors, like no modern accoutrements and you just think about the maybe it's not a week but you just sit inside and think about the person's life and then you're just done it's like okay it's like get it all out now I I think that's so much better than 
every other way I've been told people do it. But the final years and the legacy of the Vault Dweller from 113, the Vault Dweller was 67 years old by the time he left the village. As a being this old, being considered pretty much age ancient, he was presumed dead by his fo- fellow tribesmen uh, and eventually died out in the wasteland. Now, Fallout Brotherhood of Steel, the spinoff game, has has it where he shows up. Oh. So, when we had Mantis on, he, he told me about this, too. He actually sent me the picture. I'm looking at the picture now, and I never realized this was the Vault Dweller, and it doesn't make... I don't understand why he would be here. He's mostly... They did. I think they did what they did when they wrote Fallout 2, just so you wouldn't run into him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just to have it, like, open. If you've seen just the screen grabs, it's of an old man cleaning a gun or a gun or a knife. I'm looking at it, but it's very, very tiny. It will be on screen if you're watching the YouTube video. This part is not considered canon, but might be because of it being Fallout Brotherhood of Steel. And it says, yeah. however, before his death, he traveled to the town of Carbon. Um, let me find out where Carbon is. I want to say it is in Texas. Or if it's not Texas, it is Chicago. Carbon is a town built of the remains of the pre-war. So, yeah, Carbon is in Texas. I was right. I just wanted to make sure because I just, you know. Uh, So he went all the way from Oregon to Carbon. That's a long-ass way, dude. Yes, from Oregon to Texas, he walked there. As the Wasteland Stranger, he helped people of the town avoid the raiders that attacked the city before continuing on with his travels and he always kept his vault 13 flask with him out of sentimental value and even traded with an initiate for it on top of providing them a red rider bb gun oh eventually after a lifetime of influencing the wasteland the vault dweller died whether it was by old age or by gun or claw or fang or explosion is unknown his legacy would live on in Arroyo, but more importantly, in the form of the New California Republic. A statue was erected in his honor with his role in saving President Tandy and securing Shady Sands. While the stories and legends of Vault 13 would become a core part of folklore, children and adults alike would search for Vault 13, uh, the former, as in an imaginary play, the other, the benefit of the riches within. So I think that's a really neat, like... Kids talk about it like it's like Santa Claus. Yeah, like some kind of like uh, like folklore. Yeah, and then the adults are just like, "We need the technology." I think that's really cool. President Tandy would humor some. What's up? I said that is pretty freaking cool. Yeah, President Tandy would humor some of the expeditions. Oh, wow. However, she never forgot how her father, Eridesh, and Seth perished in the waste looking for that vault. Mm. Wow. You know what I'm realizing doing this? Reading this, like, aloud? What? We've done a lot of this lore that we're talking about. We have done a, a I, decent amount of it. I, I know we've done Tandy. I know we've done... I don't know if we've done Shady Sands proper. I don't think we have done Shady Sands. But um, I really... Uh, before I get into... Uh, something else i i really like fallout one's feel i really like the atmosphere of fallout one i really like the architecture of fallout one i 
want to consume more Fallout One, just yeah. like because I I feel like I haven't given it enough justice. Yeah, and I and I I've I've I don't think I've ever truly beaten it, but I've played pretty deep into it. Mm-hmm. And like I've known the entire like story of it, mm-hmm. but it's something that I do want to finish by myself someday. Yeah, and also I remember I remember like Fallout Three coming out and being like, why do they start here? Like, why do they start with the third one? So like you look up like Fallout mm-hmm. One, Fallout Two. And I, I, I would slowly figure out, like, oh, this is the story, and I would watch all the videos on it, and there was there was sparing lore videos. But, like, I know what happens, but I don't know every intricate detail of it. Mm. Um, and, like, there, here's something that I just didn't know. Um, there's a chart of, of the Vault Dwellers family. So it's oh, the like a family dweller. genealogy tree thing. Yeah. So, and there's characters that you can meet in the game. So there's the vault dweller, and his wife Pat has a daughter, and their daughter becomes the village elder and marries an unknown man and gives birth to the chosen one. Now the chosen <laughs> one can have a kid with either Leslie Ann Bishop or Angela Bishop, which is part of the Bishop family, right? Remember we talked about them a little while ago. Yeah. Then they give birth to Mr. Bishop, and Mr. Bishop, with an unknown man, gives birth to Mrs. Bishop's daughter. So, all of these fucking people are, like, intertwined in the game. So then, It's, like, all so connected, yeah. The, the chosen one has a sibling with an unknown spouse and has Fergus. Fergus? Yeah, Fergus. Who is is someone in a royal that you can meet? But also, the village elder has a sibling named Morlis, who has an unknown uh, partner, an unknown male partner, and they give birth to a, a child named Nagor. Hmm. I just think that's super neat. That like I even clicked on these names on my my PC just to um, like to see who these people are. Yeah, and like here's Nagor. Uh, the chosen one has known Nagor since they were an infant. He is the the chosen one's younger cousin and has always helped when possible. He owns a dog, Smoke, who often wanders off into the wild. That's oh. it. That's all about That's Nagor. Um, Fergus. Let's see what Fergus has to say. Fergus. Fergus appears to be constantly complaining and moaning about every problem posed against him. He's most notably <laughs> the well at the well being being broken in the center of village. That's it. <laughs> I just think it's so cool that there's all these little fucking silly little, little dumb tiny, things. Yeah. Morless. I like that a lot. This one actually has a little bit to it. Morless is a Morless is a tribal from Arroyo and the aunt of the chosen one. And therefore a sister to the Arroyo elder and the chosen one's father. And the mother is Na and their mother is Nagor. And the mother I'm sorry, and the mother of Nagor. Uh an older woman who never had much affection. For her niece or nephew, Morlis can later soften up by the chosen one. Chosen one luck in the quest for the Gek. Nothing has nothing. The bishops we talked about. That's pretty much yeah. everything on um, the over. That's not the overseer. That's everything on pretty much uh, the OG dweller. That's like really cool to like kind of understand what is like canon, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Um. And I learned something new today. Did you really? Yeah. What did you learn? 
I learned that there are a lot more siblings at play. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was super I mean, I was in the wasteland, that. they be fucking. Oh, dude, that's that's a that's a form of currency. Yeah. Um I have just a couple things here just note-wise that are fun. Lay it on me. Uh in the intro to Fallout 2 it is established canonically that the Vault Dweller is male. In Fallout 3, Butch Deloria uh, is trying to think of a name for his gang at the Lone Wanderer's birthday party, and Paul Hannon Jr. suggests the name The Vault Dwellers, and Butch dismisses <laughs> it as it is stupid. <laughs> he says, who wants yes. to be going around called a Vault Dweller in a mocking voice? <laughs> the In the classic pack pre-order bonus for Fallout New Vegas, the courier receives an armored Vault 13 jumpsuit, a weather 10mm pistol, and a Vault 13 canteen canteen which is all yeah. references i had this i had that too it's a courier stash yeah no yes no i don't think so i think this was just i'm like, pretty sure that it's courier stash it might be a different one but there's uh josh sawyer he put out like a like a mod for when Fallout New Vegas came out that he was like, this is how we kind of wanted to do the game, but we didn't have enough time that like fixes little things. Um, and he took all of the pre-order stuff and instead of you getting it instantly, you have to find it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I would have liked that. Yeah. You can get it on PC. You can find it. It's like the, oh. the Jay Sawyer mod or something. I think cool. it's on Nexus. I'll have to check it out. I haven't... This is going to make me start a new New Vegas playthrough, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I want to do Ooh. another one, too, just to do the DLC again. I've been I've been itching. I haven't played it in, like, a year or two, do it, maybe. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, Now do i got to spend a week figuring out all the mods I want to use. That's why I don't do mods. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, here's one of the last ones. In a nod to the Vault Dweller, the Lone Wanderer is kicked out of Vault 101, and after helping its residents in the quest Trouble on the Homefront in Fallout 3... Should certain actions be taken, Amada Almador Dovora. I don't know how to say it. Amada. I don't know how to say your last name. I never have. Uh, we'll say things such as "you sh- you saved us." That makes the rest of this even harder. And I'm sorry, you're a hero, but you have to leave to the Lone Wanderer. Which are all parts of the speech. Jorsarin says to the Vault Dweller at the end of Fallout. However, the dialogue appears only if the Overseer is killed as a solution. Resolving the problem diplomatically results in a different dialogue option that does not appear in the first Fallout. Oh. That's still pretty cool. I like to kill that bastard. Yeah, fuck him. Fuck him. <laughs> in the early stages of development of Fallout 2, it was planned that the main character would again be the Vault Dweller. However, the idea was quickly abandoned since it was difficult for developers to explain the loss of equipment and skills of the hero of the original game. Therefore, the development decided to create a new character who to- turned out to be a descendant of the Vault Dweller. And here's something from behind the scenes. Um, he was supposed to appear in the cancelled Fallout movie, referred to as the hero in the story treatment. Hmm. Um, he was accompanied by three other people from 13. A female officer, techie, and scholar. I always thought a Fallout story of drawing straws was something the Overseer thought of. Look, someone's gotta go outside, and they may die out there, so let's just draw some straws. Someone probably, someone, probably not the Overseer, since he wouldn't have gone outside no matter what. 
demanded that everyone draw a straw in order to truly be fair. But to be honest, the vault dwellers were simply terrified of going outside, and terrified people do not always make the wisest decision. Anyway, when Big Dumb Larry drew the, drew the straw, maybe the overseers saw a way to get rid of their limited gene pool of some really <laughs> bad alleles. So I think I've read this on the show before. Ugh. I think so, so too. Because I'm reading that and it kind of sounds familiar. Um, but what I think big boy Timmy Kane is saying is that he made it more of like, you're just a big dumb idiot and he wanted to get rid of you. Yeah, yeah. Neat. Neat, 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 neat. There's going to be a bunch of stuff on, um, there's going to be a bunch of stuff on screen if you're watching on YouTube of what the Vault Dweller looks like. One of the most important people in the entire game, long dead by the time yes, of the events here. Yes, long dead. Uh, maybe not if you're playing If you're playing 76, though. Maybe Bethesda's going to retcon it where he just shows up fucking randomly because apparently the Brotherhood's there and set up shop at this point, and that doesn't make any fucking sense. But, hey, whatever. They own the license. They can do whatever they want with you it, even if it doesn't make sense. so, so salty. <laughs> because it's fucking stated that Maxon never leaves California. Why are we changing things? The first fucking two games should be sacrosanct. <laughs> They should be. That's what you built the game upon. They should not have been touched. You want to make it where the Brotherhood's on the East Coast? Okay, I kind of believe you. I'll go with it. You gotta sell copies. To take the Brotherhood from from being good guys and then making them bad guys in Boston? Alright, whatever. I guess you gotta sell copies. But at least don't give me fucking di- Oh, there's dialogue options? Alright, good. Fuck it. Whatever. <laughs> The Brotherhood does not show up. They don't leave California. They don't leave fucking Mariposa for like, I want to say three years. And I'm probably wrong. So don't fucking quote me. But like, come on. Uh, I know you feel very strongly about this, but I just don't. I just don't. Like you could have made like a, like a Brotherhood outcast situation. They could have done that. Where yeah. there's, there's... They 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 get even if they got word if they're sending out signals this is exactly what I would have done they're sending out signals from California going we are the Brotherhood of Steel is anybody out there alive can we talk to anybody we've been doing this for twenty six years can anybody hear us and like somebody hears this and gets inspired and teaches themselves how to like reverse engineer uh, power armor and then they fucking start a new chapter of the Brotherhood of Steel that's loosely based on the the original chapter of the Brotherhood of Steel, but they're not called, like, the Brotherhood of Steel. Or if it's, like, the Appalachian uh, Brotherhood of Steel sect or something. Don't make it, and don't make it fucking Maxon. Don't have Maxon show up whatsoever. The man should have never been... There is... By time you play Fallout 1, I think you're on Maxon 3 or Maxon 2. I think it's Maxon yes. 3. Like, do you have anything you would like to say about the Vault Dweller before I end lore? No, I mean, a truly iconic character for the genre, having kind of started it all. Um, I knew his story, but I'm glad that you guys now know his story. Mazel. Um, that's all for lore then, I guess. Yeah. Cool. What else do you want to talk about, my friend? Um, I don't know. Do you have anything? I don't really... I've just kind of been in a weird fucky headspace lately. Me too. I'm just, like, really, like, 
not like feeling myself recently. Do you want like, to I just felt like story? super like panicked. Yeah, sure, go ahead. Uh, the, <laughs> um, so it is no secret that I love me some audio tech, <laughs> for lack of a better word, and I really, really want to get myself a better microphone. Um, the Blue Yetis are great, but they're kind. They're Blue Yetis, and I'm not yeah. shitting on Blue Yetis. I think this is everybody's like intro microphone to anybody who enjoys the. It's a audio USB arts. microphone. Yeah, yeah, it's not special. Like, I mean, it is and it isn't. Uh, I'll never. I actually, someone's borrowing my other microphone, but like, I'll never get rid of this one. Like, this is this is yeah. special to me. Um, so I go to Guitar Center, right? I love Guitar Center. Uh, okay. I know you love Guitar Center. We once sat in a Guitar Center parking lot for like three hours waiting for it to open on Black Friday. Did we? We did. I don't remember that. I remember going to a Guitar Center on Black Friday, but I don't remember sitting in the parking lot. Oh, he sat in the parking lot for a while, dude. Didn't we really? Was it the, it yeah. wasn't the same year I bought my TV. No. Year before. Huh. All right, well. Guitar Center story. I go to Guitar Center and... I was like 15 feet away from this dude. So I had the mask under my nose, right? Mm. I just want to breathe. I'm a big dude. I got a beard and I know I'm not wearing my mask properly, but still like I'm 15 feet away from you. Yeah. You're not away. You're not within like six feet from people like they recommend. Like if someone were to like approach you, I'm sure you would have pulled it up. Dude, every time I pass somebody, I pull the mask up. It's just like, yeah. Like, I'm not going to walk around outside. Also, what they don't tell you, from what I understand, is the, the virus dies as soon as it comes in contact with sunlight over, like, 70 degrees. Right? Mm. So, I'm not going to walk around with it on outside unless it's a crowded area. Like, if I'm right. walking and I'm in the park or something, alright, maybe. But, I pull, I pull the thing down. And the guy's like, sir, you have, to put your no- you have to put your mask on your nose. And I'm like, okay. And I'm, like, looking around at mixers and whatnot, and I'm asking him about um, mixers to hook up to my computer. And he's like, you need what's called an interface. And I'm like, okay. No shit. Like, like a Scarlet? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I want to get a mixer, and I want to get a better mic. And he, like, shows me this mixer. He's like, this is the only mixer that I have that's a USB mixer. I'm like, okay, cool. And and I was like, yeah, but I want to get this one microphone. I was like, uh, I said, I always butcher the name, and I tell him the name. And he's like, yeah, it's an SM Sure 7B. And I'm probably still saying it wrong. And I was just like, why you got to be a dick? I was like, dude, I don't know yeah. about phantom power. I don't know about low latency when it comes to mics. That's why I'm here, because I want to learn. Like, yeah. And, like, he just kind of talked. And then, like, I want to get these pocket recorders because it's I can use a, a special, like, fancy schmancy XLR microphone and shit. And mm-hmm. it's just shit that I like. And I can use it as a pocket recorder and I can, like, interview people and I can, like, have it on my hip and, like, Nardward it. Like, that's how I yeah. assume Nardwar does it. And I was like, I want to get a, a Roland, I think it's Roland, or a Rode, like, DX40, like a pocket one. He's like, yeah. I was like, how much do they cost? He's like, about 200 I'm like, you can't look it up for me? Like, you can't jump on the computer quick and look it up. He was sitting there, like, like cleaning down somebody's keyboard. And I, like, I went there with a friend, and my friend wanted to buy Chris. We play Atomic uh, Tabletop. Oh, Yeah. And I wanted to, um, he wanted to check out like an electric ukulele and I didn't even know that was a thing. Ooh. Um, but I went cause I like the audio department and I'm just looking around at stuff and I'm looking at the software they have and like thinking to myself like, ah, oh, like maybe I should buy myself something nice. And like, 
I just was like, okay, thanks, man. And I left and I walked out and I text him and I went on Twitter and I, <laughs> I tweeted. This I saw out. you tweeted about it. I'm not sure if I liked it or not. I said, oh shit. Why didn't it load? So I tweeted out, I said, I love Guitar Center, but everyone that works in the audio department is a dick. I've never been in a place that talks down to you more than audio. I don't know everything about phantom power, low latency, and that's why I'm asking. I just want fancy XLR mics for my podcast. And someone got back to me saying, Vince, thank you for bringing this to our attention. We're sorry to hear you had a poor experience at one of our stores. Which location are you referring to? Please send details to yourvoice at guitarcenter.com and we'll follow up with the store's management team. Thank, uh, team about this. Thanks. So I just liked it. I don't know if I'm going to follow through with it. Yeah, like you're not trying to like ruin someone's day. Yeah, I don't really... Like, like you're not trying to get someone fired, but... No, did I ever tell you the time I got somebody fired? From where? From a McDonald's. <laughs> no! Alright, I'll tell that story next. Um, yeah, I'm not trying to get the dude fired. I just, I just want a little... F- there was one dude who I... He was a Spanish dude that every time I went in there was super cool. He was a young guy and he, I don't see him anymore. He was probably going to school in the area and just had, and was like majoring in music or something. And he would talk... I would talk to him about um, my, my DJ mixer and my drum machine and shit. And he was super cool... But I was still kind of at that age where I was, like, intimidated to ask because I didn't... Like, I also just feel like when I go in there, it's Guitar Center. So if you don't listen to fucking dad rock and know how to play the intro to Freebird, which you can't even play in there, apparently, then, like, what's the point? No, it's Stairway. You can't play Stairway stairway. in a guitar store. Which is so fucking... I, I love how rock and roll has these stupid fucking rules. Yeah. Um, it's a... It's music. It's wiggly air. It is wiggly air. That's all it is. It's, it, it's some spicy air. Yeah. Um, and, like, it's just... I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to get the dude fired. Dude, I got a, I got this dude fired from, from a McDonald's. I don't even remember where it was. And I did a prank... I, I used to be big into prank calls when I was a kid, right? Mm-hmm. And... I, I don't remember where it was, but I put on the whitest voice. Like, I was like, hello there. Uh, my children and I just came through the drive-thru and we ordered ourselves some sandwiches or some shit. Like, it was a McDonald's, right? Yeah. And I didn't have a plan. I was just kind of winging it. And I said, whatever happens, happens. It's, it's an improv challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, look, an employee that had left the store went over to another car in the parking lot and it seemed very suspicious the way they talked to each other. I saw an exchange of money and this and that. And the lady on the phone goes, a big black dude? And I went, I like looked at my buddy who I was doing it with and I was like, do I say yes? And he's like, yeah. And I went, yes, ma'am. A large African-American fellow. <laughs> oh, she, my God. She's like, All right, I'm going to have a talk with him. And I was like, oh, my. Like, I, I said it looked like he was buying drugs. I said, look, I don't care what you do in your own personal time, but I bring my kids here. Like, it was just I was trying to be like a Karen before Karens existed. But, like, yeah. my prank calls weren't even like prank calls. They were just, like you said, improv exercises. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, you've been on stage since you've been in public. I, yeah, I guess. Every time you go into go out in public, you're on stage. So, <laughs> so like, it was funny to us, but not to anybody else. Yeah. And, uh, I'm pretty sure I got somebody fired that day. I mean, that oh, wasn't I, your intention, but, like, that... She set me up. <laughs> she yes-and me. Like, come on. She did, yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of funny. 
play. I'm not responsible for my actions. I'm the Catholic Church. You know what? I think I think now because I, I uh, you know you know those things that you can ride that are like skateboards, but they have two wheels and a handle. A scooter. You know what they're called? What are they called? You know, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm asking you. Like they're fucking. Um, I usually call them scooters. No, they're not scooters. They they have two wheels, but they're side by side. Uh, Segway. Thank you. Let's tweet lines. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't pick up on that sooner. <laughs> oh my god. You like that? I'm tired, man. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we tweet Pete, please? We haven't done that in a while. Oh, we can tweet Pete. Um, Are we going to record the screen and everything? Uh, could you please? Yes. Sure, we can. Let me just set that up so that it's not crazy. Hey guys, it's your boy, um, Lieutenant Dan here. Um, I'm sorry about this entire episode. <laughs> it's just not good. Um, the audio sucks and I tried fixing it. I don't know what's up with my mic. There's the thing in the beginning. And then we tweeted Pete Hines and then we realized that the entire time that my audio was getting picked up on Olive's computer. Uh, that being said, it's just... I can't go in and edit it out because we talk over each other and it's just I'm sorry there's gonna be a screen grab of the tweet um I'm sorry about this episode it's not great I'm not proud of it it's a shorter one because of all the technical difficulties this will probably cut right into the outro afterwards um I'm sorry I promise this won't happen again um it's like one thing happened, and another thing happened, and another thing happened, and another, and even the beginning of us planning on when we were going to record was fucking miserable. Um, so, I guess that's 113. There should be a picture on screen somewhere of what the tweet looks like, if it's not already there. Um, thanks for sticking through this one. If you stuck through it, I'm just sorry it had to happen like this. It's just, you know, not every episode of The Simpsons is good, so... Um, alright, so, uh, if I, if you wanted to listen to music right now from a, from a fucking, that's just good and free, where would you go? I mean, I would go download the intro music for this show. It's Feather Duster. You can get it from Shane Ivers at www.silvermansounds.com slash free music slash Feather Duster. Vince, are we on the internet? Yes. Why don't you tell us more about that? You can find us, uh, you can find me, you can find Olive, you can find the show on Twitter. There'll be a link in the description below. We brought up the Discord a couple times this episode, I think. Um, join. Join the Discord. Join the Discord. It's a... It's a no-brainer. Hell of a time. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. We're always hanging out. We're always talking about something. Kyle's there. Join the oh, Discord. Kyle. Kyle. Mm. Just say, hello, Kyle. And that's it. That's all you have to say. Just, yeah, just, just say, hello, Kyle. Yeah, and then when when you log off, make sure you say bye, Kyle. <laughs> it is mandatory every time that you open your Discord and you check out the Atomic Radio Hour server. You have to you say have hi to say, and bye to Kyle. Hi, Kyle. And then when you get off, you have to go, bye, Kyle. <laughs> every time. Every time. Every single time. Let's do it right now, actually. Hold on. Oh, hold on. Yeah, let's, 
You can't at Kyle, though. You just have to say hello. Hold on. Um, in, in general? In general chat, yeah. With, with, with correct grammar. Hello, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do hi, Kyle. Okay. As long as you're not seeking them, you're good. Seeking? Yeah. What's that mean? Seeking Kyle? I don't know. During like World War II, a lot of people oh, were looking for Kyle. Oh, fuck you. Fuck <laughs> you. I don't know if they ever found him. There was a whole war about it. So, <laughs> I love that joke. Uh, it's so dumb. So, yeah. It's fucking, so stupid. You can check us out there. You can, uh, you should. You can find us on Patreon, which you've heard about earlier in the show. Uh, and you can throw us a couple bucks on Redbubble if you feel so inclined to buy a design that was made by one of our minds. Um, we got new yeah. stuff coming. Yeah, uh, I was fucking around on there the other day. I want to get a sweatshirt made. Um, uh, that's, I think, everything for this episode. I don't have anything left to say. Do you, friend? I don't think I have anything left to say, except, bye, Kyle. Bye, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wrap. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. A Gulman Entertainment Production.